Ah, good presence of God in this room right now. And at New Life Fellowship, our faith is expressed through the purpose that God has given us as his children. And we do that every week on purpose. Amen. When we come together and meet in this building, this is not the church. You are. But we have services every week because it's important that we receive the promise. Amen. Our world receives the promise. That's purpose. Amen. That's important. That's the first thing that's important for every life is to experience the promise of our Father. And that's a powerful experience. But we move on from there to experiencing freedom. Amen. And we have a growth track at New Life Fellowship that if you want to discover new life, you want to be a part of what God is doing with us in our community, amen, as it relates to small groups, amen, and, and, and being who God designed us to be, you want to be a part of that experience of freedom, amen, and our growth track. That would be most of your next step is growth track. Anybody like growing? Amen. Growing's important, isn't it? Do, do I need to grow? Well, in some ways, I don't need to grow. But, but in a spiritual way, God wants us to grow for eternity. Amen. And this experience starts with the promise, then experiencing freedom, and then so that we can be life changers or world changers, that is. Amen. Our life changers at New Life Fellowship focus on changing the world. It's important that we reach our world. And everything we do here is small groups oriented. Amen. We must be connected as the body of Christ. And actually, the promise, they experience freedom by going from one house to the next, breaking bread and in fellowship. And in our world right now, very few people have time to go from one house to the next. Amen. And the only way that can be changed is, amen, through the church of the living God. Amen. Sometimes we just got to slow down and push back on darkness so that the light can get in. And I want to talk about that today because God wants to have his full expression. Can anybody agree with that? That God wants to have his say? And when God speaks... It's powerful, isn't it? And there's a lot of going on in our world right now. There's the voices in our world that, you know, most of us would agree if we could shut those voices up, we'd shut them up, wouldn't we? But what if God's plan is to shut the, the voices in our world up through you? That his full expression, he has limited himself For you to be available so that he can do what he wouldn't do otherwise without you. What if God chose to shut the enemy up for good, but for, for him to do that, he needs you? Now, we all know that God's powerful, that he's all-knowing. He can do anything, right? He can shut the enemy up anytime he wants to do it. He's God. But God has a plan to finish this thing by receiving his glory. And his glory is he can finish what he started. He started a work in you that he is committed to finishing it. And somebody says, well, man, I've been going through some stuff right now, and I didn't know that was God. And we'll blame some things on God, won't we? 
It's easy to do in our world, especially right now, because this brain right here can engage in thoughts that are not necessarily heavenly at times. And, and, and then I'll get kind of like, really, God? Anybody ever said that before? Maybe not out loud, but you said it. And, and God is into the details. Whatever the storm is that you're going through, whatever the challenge that you're faced with, whatever the relationship issues that you're dealing with right now, whatever the physical challenge that you're dealing with, God is in the details. He doesn't miss any details. And he trusts us to go through, amen, the fire so that on the other side, ah, we're tempered, we're anointed, we're empowered, we become who he says we are. It's a good God. And so God has some things that he has planned to do, but apart from us being available, he can't do these things. And so I would love to know that I can assist God in having his full expression, amen, so that he can be revealed the way he wants to be revealed. And so we could all say, you know, wow, that's, a, that's an awesome concept that, that God would actually, actually limit himself to my availability to finish what he started. And again, you, you, most of you know that the Lord's going to keep me on point with the good news message. It's always going to be the message of the kingdom. He has me every Sunday come from one angle to another angle. We keep coming in until, amen, eventually that aha moment happens in all of us. Not maybe at the same time, but today it's going to happen in some. Amen. Next Sunday it'll happen to others because we're, we're, we're doing this thing on purpose so that we can experience God on a level that he can express himself to the world and receive his glory. And I want our father to receive all of his glory. Amen. And, and, and it, it, if me going through some things and you going through some things that equal from my lens unfair will help him get his glory, is that okay? Let me encourage you. If he gives you something exciting, something that's wow, amen, prior to you going through whatever it is, is that okay too? So, I want the wow factor. Because I have found out that most of the challenges in my life are self-inflicted. Jack, the truth of the matter is it's not possible for any one person. It may look like it is, but there's no way you can be my problem. And there's no way I can be your problem. According to God, it's not possible. Yet, I have moments when I'm not okay and it's your fault. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, everyone in this room knows what I'm talking about. And it certainly looks like you're the problem. But the Lord says, no, it's not possible. And the reason he comes, this is how he comes back to me when, I, when I'm feeling like, man, why are they doing that to me? He says, son, they ain't done anything to you. When you measure what happened to me, Versus what's happening to you, 
You ain't going through nothing. Oh. But the truth of the matter is that the challenges that I face every day is based on the guy in the mirror. That's why I don't preach at anybody here today. <laughs> I'm encouraging you based on my personal this way with God. I hope, you be in, I hope you're encouraged today. <laughs> Amen. But you see, the person that I would think might be my problem, God's in love with them. <laughs> he ain't got a problem with them. So how is it that I got a problem with someone God ain't got a problem with? And I know I've had the Bible studies come from the devil too that verify they're a problem. I got a Bible study to prove it. But at the end of the day, Jesus went to a cross, shed his blood, made a purchase, paid the debt off, past, present, and future. And he ain't got a problem. So if he don't have a problem with anybody, how is it that I do? This is good. So what's the, what's the common denominator at the end of the day when we get through in the next few minutes here talking about Jesus? What's the common denominator? An experience called the promise. And so it's in my spirit that, you know, we're going to talk about the promise till Jesus comes. Because the promise empowers us to be witnesses. Credible witnesses. Apart from him, we can do nothing. With him, all things are possible. If that's true, it's possible that the person that's bothering you, you can go to a place in Jesus where they don't bother you no more. But you fall in love with them like he's in love with them. You and I cannot do that if we don't have the promise of the Father. When we receive the promise of the Father, we experience freedom from fault-finding, gossip, backbiting, broken relationships, sickness in the body. And, and, and somebody says, well, I'm sick today. Are you calling me? No, hey, y'all got to relax. No, we go through stuff so that we can come out on the other side with this like, you're good, God. You're awesome. We experience life in this dark world so that we can experience capital L-I-F-E, life in the spirit. And we got something now to give someone that's eternal. It's not, it's not something that just dies off the next day. It's something that lasts forever. And that's your identity. It's Christ. When I give people Jesus, it's eternal. When I give people Dwayne, they get heartburn just shortly. Oh, I, I, I know what I'm talking about, y'all. I've been walking around the sun coming up 60 times now, and God's good. But Jesus is the answer, and Jesus keeps telling me that now I'm his and that I'm his vessel of honor. I am his vessel, amen, where he will be glorified. I'm his instrument of love. You are. And the enemy's working overtime to get us to question God. You see, I got up 
Saturday morning, and as I'm musing, everybody, you know, when you get up, your, your mind starts working, and, and man, you, you're thinking about stuff, and, and I'm getting this download while I'm trying to wake up. And, uh, and the Lord began to talk to me about me, about this posture that I keep giving into. And, this, and he gave me a phrase that he says, you, you do this pretty often, son. You said, well, I don't know if I agree with that or not. Now, I want you all to help me, help me here because a lot of the ways I think is pretty sharp, I think. I think, I think what I'm thinking is pretty sound. If, if you go to logical, man, it's logical. It's good stuff. Yeah, while I'm sitting at that red light, I'm, I'm evaluating why that red light should not be on right now and why how many people are they're sitting there burning gas. This thing could be, this could be the flow of the traffic could be a lot better, save money, be, and the city would be serving the people better. Does anybody know? That sounds pretty logical, don't it? And so I, I'm sitting at that right light thing. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with how they're handling these lights. And that does sound right, don't it? But we do that to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our influences of yesterday, our connections, our conversations, the things I've learned in a logical way give reason for conversation and the ladies will talk about it out loud and the guys will not say much but they're thinking the same thing they're silent but they're saying the same thing inside i don't know if i agree with that or not and so the problem with that is even though my logic would sound correct jesus's ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts higher than my thoughts and he'll work with my idea of I don't know whether or not I agree with that or not let me give you an example Nicodemus in chapter 3 he says to the Lord after the Lord gives him the truth now y'all get to keep in mind Jesus had many people come to him with I don't know if I agree with that or not and the truth can't change, right? The truth is the truth. And, and we, our worship posture is in spirit and in truth, correct? That's why that, I don't know if I agree with that or not, don't really work. This is helping a few of us today. Amen. And so Nicodemus, Jesus has just told Nicodemus a truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot even see. He said, he didn't even use enter. He starts out, see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, I don't know if I agree with that or not. What are you talking about? Am I supposed to enter into my mother's womb the second time and be born? This is helping somebody. You see, we don't want to miss the truth, do we? Because we're going to try to figure God out. I need the truth to set me free. 
And after Jesus gets through with Nicodemus, because he's not answering Nicodemus in a way Nicodemus can understand what he's saying. He's answering Nicodemus in a way that will set him free, not because he understands what he's saying, but because it's time to experience freedom. And so Nicodemus was trying to explain away the key experience, and he was a ruler of the Jews. He was a teacher, one of the great teachers in Scripture. And Jesus challenges Nicodemus and said, here you are, a teacher, a ruler in Israel. And this is what he says, and you don't know this? And none of the others knew it neither because they didn't know him. What we're talking about today, for God to be able to have his full expression in this earth and to shut up the voices of darkness that kind of wearing our world out right now, we need something we don't have. We feel it. Come on, I'm talking to all of us here today. We feel it. But are we filled with it? Oh, yeah, this is tracking because I'm talking to a lot of churchgoers and ministers that don't know what to do in our present world condition. And the culture that has come into the church and all the frustration and the anxiety and the disease and, and the broken relationships. And, the, and look, I'm just telling you, everybody's going through something right now, but not for evil, for good. It's to let in because we can't fix it unless he's the one inside being the one leading the charge. We need Jesus. Amen? And so Matthew says it this way. Then Jesus, in Matthew 16, 24, went to work on the disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. I'm reading from the message version. Kind of help this new generation here. It's kind of plain, isn't it? Anyone who intends to come with me he, Jesus is going somewhere today. Anybody want to go with him? He said, I must lead. You are in, you're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want? Come on, that's what is in our world mindset right now. We're trying to achieve, to, to get, we're trying to find happiness and fulfillment, and we're looking for this in things in the world. He said, what is it? What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? So the question I ask everybody, why is it so important that Jesus lead? He wants to express the message of hope, the message of the kingdom. 
He's limited himself to our involvement and our agreement so that he can fully express himself. Y'all, I haven't ever figured God out yet. And yet he'll tell me stuff I don't understand to this day. When God speaks to your spirit, do you understand what he's saying? This is good for us right now. So understanding what God is saying, Nicodemus, come on, is there some Nicodemuses here right here? Understanding what he's saying is not the necessary factor. Experiencing him is the necessary factor. Because when you experience him, you'll know it, but you still can't explain it. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. They have had yet big toe. It's peace that passeth understanding. I got this peace, but I, don't, I can't explain how I got it. I can't put my finger on it. I know it's Jesus, though. And he's at work in my life on a new level now. And it, that's just one layer of experiencing God. This thing gets better and better and if your christianity hadn't got better but got worse you need to check out whether or not it's jesus you're following pastor Lowe, you don't have to get up in my kool-aid like that no i'm not i'm getting up in the guy in the mirror the guy in the mirror i look at i'm getting up in his kool-aid because god's dealing with me about my personal connection this way with him so i can better serve what he's in love with and his people it starts amen by me understanding his love for me so I can give this love away. He wants to express himself, but he does not require anyone in this room or in this world to understand what he's saying. He does know that without experiencing him, you will not walk with him. You can only walk so far until you get empowered. You can only go so far and seeing the effects of his fingerprint in your life and in the world around you. But you, sooner or later, you come to a place where until he takes over and he's in the driver's seat, peace don't come like it's supposed to come. Joy don't come like it's supposed to come. It's just another form of godliness without any power. And our Christian world is beat up right now because of the lack of of power and they're they're still this is what's amazing a christian world still trying to explain the pandemic and all the political unrest and that's not the purpose that god gave us is to explain the stuff going on in our world he wants us to give the good news away the message of the kingdom is what he commissioned us to do. He didn't tell us to get into debates and arguments over what's wrong and why it should be righted. And here, come to me. I got a Bible study for you so you can figure it out. No. He wants us to take where we are with him, have fellowship with him, experience him, and then give it away. Amen? So... James 2 says it this way. This, this is the key verse. Amen. And I got a few minutes to talk to you about this verse here. It says, O feeble sons of Adam. Everybody, anybody ever felt like a feeble son of Adam? Do 
you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? Passion translation, faith without works is dead, King James. This is hippie right here. Do you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? You're going to find out that the, that the works that he's looking for is not what we think it is. Faith is doing something. The question is, are we letting it in the driver's seat? Or are we working hard to qualify to be saved? Salvation from Jesus' lens is not about going to heaven and dodging hell. That's not salvation. Salvation is coming out of darkness in the marvelous light. Salvation is getting delivered from the how you see yourself today so that you can see yourself the way God sees you. And when you see yourself the way God sees you, he can have his expression from his work in you, through you, to others. That's salvation. We're being saved from an Adamic flaw, a failure, death. Amen. Our daddy Adam, he failed. We're being saved from the failure, amen, to stepping over here in the lane called success, Jesus Christ and him crucified. He loves us. So salvation is not about not going to hell. Pastor Lowe, be careful now. No, no, no. Hell and the lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels, not for anybody. The devil wants you to go to his house with him and hang out with him for eternity. And we say this, right now, I know that the majority of the people in this room are going through hell right now. Most of the people in this room are suffering some challenges they don't know what to do with. And they're wondering, how am I going to get through this? The Lord wants me to tell you the good news. He come to save you from that. So that this day that the Lord hath made, this is the day the Lord, salvation is now. This is the day of salvation. This is the appointed time. That the storm that you're in, that you're screaming at him while he's trying to show you how to sleep in it, he wants you to trust him and lay down next to him and go to sleep. Because we're crossing through a storm to a miracle, to a testimony, to being who God designed us to be. Amen? God is asking us to get ready for him to express himself through us fully. But in order to do that, we've got to address some monsters in our lives some lies in our lives, some pain in our lives. We've got to address the things we fear the most. And in order to address those things, he's wanting us to leave them at his feet. He wants to give us, in exchange for all the stuff going on in our lives, an experience called the promise. 
that will empower all of us in this room, if we'll receive it today, to be witnesses unto him and to the world he's called us to walk in. As stewards of the manifold grace of God. Pastor Lowe, that's a lot of Christianese there. You are a child of God. You are a king's kid. But, but the, the, the posture in this world is that you're a servant. You're just like him. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And for this work to be finished, we take our identity on as Christ. As, but we're king's kids. We're sons. Amen? He didn't, go, he didn't do the angel's work. The assignments that were given to the angels, he let them do their job. He did his well as a child of the king. He was the king of kings. I hope this is helping someone. Amen? Because God is really reaching for us to understand. Amen? That faith divorced from good works is phony. Wasn't our ancestor Abraham found righteous before God because of his works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Can't you see how his action cooperated with his faith and by his action, faith found its full expression? Anybody have faith in God? The reason you have that faith in God is so that God, through you, can it fully express himself. I like this, y'all. I like faith. It's like the breath of God just came into me. But it's not about me. It's about him and others. I experience God because God is on purpose, put me on his mission and his people. He needs me to be salty and he needs me to be light. That's my identity. So he gives me an experience with him and he breathes into me to where out of me rivers of living water is coming up. Oh, amen. I'm hearing things and I'm sensing things and I feel this impression to declare and to prophesy. And all those words are coming from him into me as his vessel so he can declare them with this tongue I've got right here. But the enemy wants me to use this tongue talking about other things. What's wrong in the world today? My God, can you believe this is going on? I can't believe Susie and, and John did that. And, and all kinds of stuff starts coming out. That's not him talking because the enemy wants to take that most unruly member and start division and cause darkness through me. But the Lord's waiting on me to get over the idea that I need to understand what he's saying. As long, let me say it this way, as long as I need to understand, guess what's not going to happen? The work. I wish I could help everybody understand. The work is, yes, Lord. It's obedience. It's not going out there and, and we're going to feed the poor and we're going to write checks out for the missions. And, but that's not what he's talking about unless he said it bluntly to you. It's the yes, Lord. At the end of the day, it ain't how much money you gave. It ain't how many people you fed. It was the agreement with the Spirit. Faith had its full expression. He's called you 
to declare, to prophesy, to bear the good news. And when we say things that God says, they're creative, they're powerful, things happen. How, how do they happen? Look, look, let me give you an example. I don't think I'm going to get through reading that scripture. In Acts chapter 4, Acts 3 and chapter 3 and 4, Peter and John are on their way to the gate, to the temple to prayer. It's 3 p.m. in the evening time. They had different watches where they went and prayed. And this is 3 p.m. time. They go, they go at, by the gate beautiful, and there is a beggar that is lame from birth. And this will help you. Peter and John didn't have no money to give them. Well, I can't do the work of God. I ain't got no money. Anybody ever said that before? Boy, if I had, if I win the lottery, boy, Lord, you could count on me. I'd, I'd do the work of God. And our understanding is skewed with all kinds of ideas. It's not coming from heaven. Jesus don't need the lottery. Y'all got to catch this one. Boy, Lord, if you just blessed me, I'd be a blessing to your kingdom. It's leavened. It's got leaven all in it. It's not, it's not that understanding is skewed. It sounds good, though, don't it? Sounds logical. And, and we'll adopt it. Next thing you know, the enemy's got us in prison. We don't even know we're in prison with our ideas. But Peter and John are at that gate beautiful, and they're looking upon this together. They, they come into unity. They're looking upon him. And they say to him, look up on us now. And they got his attention. And he looked upon them. And it's like, it's like their souls met. They looked into one another. Silver and gold. I ain't got no money, but I got something I know you need right now. Reached out there and grabbed his hand. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus. Amen. And they connected. Ladies and gentlemen, they didn't have money, but they had something that this man didn't have, and they gave it to him. And I asked you a question. That man got up, strength came to his legs. Next thing you know, he's running around. And the people, man, they were like, oh, my goodness, what happened? Let me ask you a question. Did God have his full expression at that time? It would seem that he did, wouldn't it? Because I'm, I'm like, y'all, I like the miracles. I like all the good stuff. But God hadn't had his full expression. He just started expressing himself at that gate beautiful. And a, and a lame man is getting up. Now, amen, the people are going, what's going on? And Peter is now able, filled with the Spirit, he's able to articulate and give a greater expression of the good news. And more people come on board and get filled with the Spirit. Scripture said up to 5,000 was added at that, in that location at Gate Beautiful. This is important for y'all to catch. Did God have his full expression at that time? Well, it would appear that it did because I like miracles and I like to see people get saved, filled with the Spirit. That's awesome, isn't it? But God ain't had his full expression yet because now the religious group, the political group are ticked off because now they ain't looking very good. 
Jesus is looking real good, and he's supposed to be dead. I don't like this part, because now they go and get them and put them in jail. Keep them overnight and threaten them. I'm going to read you this. It says this way in Acts 4.13. They call them up. Let me go to page 7 here. I'm going to get this. It's good. Amen. Acts 4.7. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us by what power and authority have you done these things? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, Respected elders and leaders of the people. And he's trying to be respectful. Y'all just, y'all, y'all, boy, I've been going through this. Well, I don't know if I agree with this or not, Lord, that I'm in jail. This ain't fair. But he's already been tuned in because he's filled with the Spirit. He said, listen, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing the frail, a frail, crippled man? Well, then you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that this crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. Amen. This is important for us to get today. Where God has taken us, there's some unfair things that you're going through. As much as we like to be a part of the miracles and the healings and the deliverances and people being filled with the Spirit, there's times when we have to face, amen, the fact that, hey, don't run from suffering. Don't run from the challenges. Face them with Jesus being the one in the driver's seat. He must be able to lead. Why? Because faith wants to have its full expression in our lives. And we just, he deserves our passion to follow him on that. Verse, it says that this in verse, I think it's 22 here of James 2. Can you see how that his actions, speaking of Abraham, how Abraham's action cooperated with his faith, and by his action, faith found its full expression. So in this way, the scripture was fulfilled because Abraham believed God. His faith was exchanged for God's righteousness. So he became known as a lover of God. How did he become known as a lover of God? Did, did Abraham do anything great? No, Abraham had issues. Abraham had problems. He had flesh issues. And God says, he is the father of faith. And ye are his children. Do you have issues? Is stuff going on in your life? God ain't bothered by your issues. He ain't got a problem with you like next people beside you may have a problem with you. Your issue is not bothering. He sees treasure in you. And when we get filled with the spirits to the point that where we let God come in, he can show the kind of love that he wants to give me to you, regardless of the problem in your life.
Our people are hurting right now around us. They're hurting with you. where you go to work, they're hurting. And they're looking for answers. Did you know there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit? Did y'all know that? So, you know, I've always heard the greatest, the greatest offense is a good defense. I mean, I put that to the test, and, you know, when I did sports, a good defender can really make some offense happen, and it helps the team out. A good defender is a team player. And so when the enemy comes to you like a flood, what do we come back with? Christ. Amen. When you get spit up on, you don't spit back, do you? No. No, no, no. If you've been empowered with the promise, you give them a smile and a kind word. And you give hope when someone's unkind to you. When someone's unmerciful, what do you give in return? When you're being Christ, you're living your identity. Remember, don't run from suffering because people are not going to be kind to you. People are mean, right? And if they're mean, and they are, they're going to challenge us. And so I want to give you three quick steps here and close with this thought so that you'll understand better that God can use you, amen, to be, give out his full expression of hope wherever you go. Amen. And so the first, the first thing you want to do, amen, when you're considering letting God have his expression through you is to trust him. When you trust him, it reveals your identity. When you trust him, not having to understand your true identity shows up. As long as you need to understand, they won't see Jesus Christ in you. But when you're walking on water and you can't figure out how you're walking on water, people want to know, how did you, how did, how did you do that? The Lord met me in the spirit and the Lord gave me a word, said, here, come, trust me, I've got you. Greatest offense is a great defense. Return unkindness with kindness. Return it. Second way that God expresses himself fully through us is our cooperation is faith's full expression. Our cooperation in the spirit is faith's full expression. If we walk in the spirit, guess what happens? You will not walk in the less of the flesh. Uh, that's Christianity. Let me, let me give you a better way. If you host the presence of God, amen, you won't slap your brother or sister. You'll find a way to see the relationship mended. And everybody in this room are trying to figure out ways for relationships to get healthier. Apart from God, you can't do it. Oh, no, bless God. I'm going to make everybody like me. I'm going to make everybody vote for me. No, you're not. With God, amen, you'll get salty. In other words, that means you'll go through stuff, and while you're going through it, you get to, it's, it's like water off a duck's back. You just get on the other side. Man, people, how did you do that? That's, and then the next thing you know, they're hearing everything you say about how good God is. And they say, well, I want God to be good for me too. And so your cooperation in the spirit as you host his presence, yes, Lord, 
is the way God can have his full expression in the earth. You're not protecting your interest. You're protecting the cross, the message of the kingdom. Amen? And so our cooperation is huge. Amen? Our willingness to trust him regardless is huge. The third way, and I close with this, that God expresses himself fully through us is our love for God demonstrates Christ. Our love for God. Abraham became known as a lover of God. How? Because he didn't let faith be divorced, amen, from the works. Abraham did not understand when God said, I want you to come out of the land of Ur. Come go follow me. Where are we going? I'm not going to tell you. Come go with me. Anybody walking with the Lord like that? Boy, hold up. Hold up. I need to understand where we're going. I need to know exactly why we're going there. What's the purpose? I need, to, I need the mission statement. I need to get this thing all in the protocols and plans of action. My boy's enjoying me saying that because he said, aha, daddy. I like, I like plan of action. I like protocols. And there's been many times I said, Lord, I don't know if I agree with how we're doing this right now. It looks like confusion. But Abraham didn't know. He didn't understand. He believed. And because he believed that exchange for his faith was righteousness. Anybody want to be right with God? Oh, there ain't nothing you can do that's good enough to, for you to be right with God. You can't do anything to ever measure up to be right with God. Well, Pastor, you just told me if I had faith, now we're tracking. Yes, Lord. I resolved to depend on you right now, Lord. I want to be known, I know you do, everyone in this room wants to be known as a lover of God. The only way I can be known as a lover of God, he has to have access to his house. This is where we close here. Because, you know, I like cooking. Y'all can tell, I know. But we, we decided at the creative team meeting that, you know, if one ingredient is left out of that cake, you probably ain't got a cake. You, you got, a cake is made up of several ingredients. It's important. Matter of fact, I can make you one right now because I made several of them. I know it looks like it too. But hear me. One ingredient is a failure. No work. You know, I could tell the, the, the family members that hung out with Grandma Wallace. They had a relationship with her. I could tell which ones they were. Because they would hang out with her and watch her cook certain items like cathead biscuits. Grandma Wallace can make a biscuit to blow your mind. I know it ain't healthy. But I sure had a smile on my face while I was enjoying it. But I, I still ain't. There's, I, there's only a couple of the grandchildren that can actually put that thing together like Grandma. relationship there wasn't there oh i watched grandma do it i even tried to do it just like her i even tried to act like her while i was doing it and and i 
I was even praying some, and I was doing the grandma thing, trying to get those biscuits to turn out like hers. I know y'all tracking with me now. I want to be known as a lover of God. You can't deviate from the ingredients. What empowered them 2,000 years ago is the same thing that empowers us today. What made a witness then makes a witness today. And with him, we can love one another. Without him, we can't. Homework, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. What you're going to find out that's coming in all those chapters is God chose the foolishness of the world to confound the wise. The experience of the promise cannot be understood, cannot be explained. But the enemy will explain it away if you let him. And he goes to church every Sunday. Look, I'm told this often <laughs> that it's good to have communication. And I'm still learning how to communicate. And I happen to be serving at New Life Fellowship. I'm still learning how to do it. But that tongue, that's an important body member. So much so, Paul, um, James addressed it, a most unruly member. It needs to be in control of the one that's doing the driving. Who's driving in the vehicle right now? Either Jesus or the devil. You can't worship two masters. You, you're gonna, you can go to church and serve the devil. Didn't you know that? Because the evidence that the devil is my master shows up in some of the fruit. I believe in Jesus, though. Pastor, man, you are really in the Kool-Aid today. But when you ch double check it, ladies and gentlemen, everybody in this room wants an experience from heaven that changes their life to where they can experience God on a level they can't understand. And then they want to go give it away to everybody that's hurting. And they want to make a difference. They want to be known as a lover of God. Everybody in this room, it's an experience that started 2,000 years ago. And there ain't no prayer you can pray long enough that qualifies you to receive it. It's important to pray. It's important to repent. Don't beg God. Don't say, I'm sorry. That's not how you do it. So you change the way you think. You repent, you go down in a watery grave, that's foolishness, isn't it? Like, what in the world won't we go in water for? Because it's telling the Lord, yes, Lord. He chose it. Jesus himself went down in water. And we follow him, right? He was our example. And when he went down in water, he, his identity was, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Just come up out of the water. And then the Spirit descended upon him as a dove. That event that happened to Jesus when he walked down in the water and tells John, baptize me. 
Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus, y'all. Y'all understand that? He didn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He was baptized. He would come up out of the water. He, he's our, he blazed the trail. And the Spirit descended on him. His identity was noised abroad. What's going Anybody want to know who you are? Jesus says, Terry, for the promise of the Father. And you would be endued with power. And when that happens, it's amazing how this tongue is tied into that. And everybody's afraid of that one. But your most unruly member is the tongue. Jesus wants to be the one driving the vehicle. Am I going to disengage here and let him come in here so that out of my belly will flow rivers of living? How does him live it Right here. And they said, what means this? What's going on here? We hear them speaking in our language. They're not even from our country. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on some flesh. Didn't say that. It said, oh, has anybody got wearing flesh around here? The same experience was prophesied, and God can't lie. God can't lie. You wearing flesh. The enemy wants to explain it away because if God ever gets a hold of that most unruly member, he's going to be able to express himself fully. Until we let him have the most unruly member, we won't let him express himself fully. Pastor Lord, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, I know I had the same devil talking to me. And he puts on a robe of religion and he'll put you in jail it's time to come out of jail it's time to let God fully express himself amen and uh, you know where I'm at right now I love people so much that the experience that God has been giving me with his love has got me to a place where the enemy that speaks through people don't bother me no more. I used to get upset because, man, that's false doctrine. That's not Jesus. My God, can you believe they said that? And the Lord said, son, I'm not bothered by it. What I'm waiting on is you to become available so that out of you, I can give my full expression. Quit worried about what people are saying. Quit worrying about what people are doing. He said, I'm in love with all those people. And you're letting those people offend you. And you're not called to that. You're called to come out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord. There's an appointment that he's made for us so that he can express himself fully. Could we stand right now? I don't know. I don't know how God's going to do it for you. Amen. I don't know the challenges that you're faced with that you have to deal with in the head that you wear. But... Our world has been putting a lot of garbage in our heads. And the Lord wants to come like a rushing mighty wind and a river of living water until he breaks all that leaven up and all that stuff up, that religious stuff, and he gets it out of you. 
It's time to breathe in. It's time to live. It's time to have hope. And if you will, just for a moment, I'm not, we're not talking about a long time here, y'all. If you could just forego who's around you and, and, and not be bothered by their presence, but host his presence, and let that become your focus for the next little bit. Would you do that with me? Guess I know you want to go right now, and you're welcome to go. Thank you for being with us. You are dismissed. But to you that are guests and you want to hang out and experience something that's life-changing, and it will not only touch you, but it'll, it'll touch those people around you, <sighs> get over what people think and get eat up with what God thinks. Get eat up right now. That's, that's, can you be filled with that today? Get eat up with what heaven thinks right now. Can we lift our hands? I'm going to pray for you. We're going to worship the Lord. Father, and they're hungry. You, you drew every one of the, your children here today, the saved ones and the lost ones. You drew us all here, and, and you're after all of us, and you're ready to give us the kingdom and we're all here because we're tired of all the thought processes and all the doctrines and all the voices. We need you, Lord. And so we're going to draw a circle around where we're standing and wait on you to come the mighty way that you love coming. And we turn the vehicle over to you. We turn the house. You've already purchased us. We're bought with your blood. Our body belongs to you. Take over, Daddy. Take over, Daddy. Fill me right now. Fill me. Be filled with the Spirit, y'all. Trust Him. Daddy loves you so much. If you want to come down and join with us up here in the Spirit, come on down. Thank you, Daddy. Just you and Jesus right now. You belong to Him. He loves you so much.